0: lane 15 10 touchdown chargers.
1: what's up guys welcome into a brand new episode of chargers weekly we are presented by microsoft surface as always joined by matt Money-Smith. money smith uh, money a lot going on in the world of the nfl between the wild card games the divisional games coming up and all of the coaching rumors, a lot of smoke on X. I'll say that this <laughs>
0: week. <laughs> no doubt. And that's, you know, unfortunately, you know, I saw Mike McCarver doing this Thursday morning. I saw Mike McCarthy's presser. And look, I understand, you know, it's, it's tough. You have families, you got kids. They, they hear about, you know, what, what a bad job your dad is doing and, and that you're going to be plucked out of your school and moved to some other city. And, you know, it comes with a job. Yeah, you know, I can't remember. I think it was Bill Parcells who said it. You you get into this business knowing that you're going to get fired. It's just a, it's it's a it's a it's a sad reality of of the business. And we were talking about this on on the radio show yeah, with Petros. Um, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before. It's about probably the day before. I think. So you know, it's very it's it's interesting what's happened because we're focused on Jim Harbaugh, right? And yeah. and here's someone that won a national championship at Michigan, and this is someone who was essentially fired for all intents and purposes, like right in that COVID season, when they went two and four, they cut his salary. You know, the, the rumor was that, that John had arranged that meeting with the Vikings to try to get a little bit heat on his brother's name. So he could, you know, prove that he's a valuable commodity and Michigan was going to bring him back. Like that's how capricious this business is. And now he is the most sought after coach in this coaching cycle. And yet three, four years ago, everybody assumed he was getting canned And he was, and no one was going to touch him. And that was it for, for Jim Harbaugh. And yet here we are. And so I think it's just a reminder of, of what, what it's like in the NFL, when you decide this is going to be the, the profession, when you choose this as your profession, it's, it goes with it. Is it fair? Not always sometimes. Yes. But that's just the reality. The players make too much money. They're too valuable. They're too hard to find. So when things go wrong, The coach ends up wearing it. And that's how we end up in a position where we're in right now, where Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls, is looking for a gig. Mike Vrabel has done arguably the best job in coaching the last six years since he's been the head coach in Tennessee. And he's looking for a job. And Jim Harbaugh is now trying to get back into the NFL after getting the boot over four seasons in San Francisco. And all he did was take the team to three straight championship games and one Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. And Mike McCarthy wins – 12 games in each of the last three years, and his job was being called for. Nick Sirianni went to a Super Bowl and was 10 and yeah. 1 at one point. Uh his job as we as we tape this is still TBD. So uh it's it's not an easy profession. Sometimes um you see whatever the, the coach did last, and that is kind of the okay, wow. We, like for instance, Jim Harbaugh won a national championship. Uh, you talk about a hot offensive coordinator like a Ben Johnson, man. He's, he's leading one of the, the best offenses in the NFL. So the the last thing you see is kind of the the gateway into becoming a head coach or, or moving to another place. And, you know, the Chargers have done a great job, money, keeping fans up to date with the general manager and head sure. coaching interview process by um, kind of listing it on X. Uh, I couldn't help but notice, though, that the, the Jim Harbaugh announcement got 5 million views. On X, so if that doesn't tell you the interest level among the fans, and obviously they, they have interviewed a lot of well qualified candidates at both the GM and the head coaching position, but what name seems to stick out right now as we tape this?
0: Same, same thing. Had that conversation about the the Instagram because I stay away from Twitter as much as possible. It's a cesspool. Yeah. But Instagram, good idea. The, by the, the likes. Oh yeah the the likes ninety four. Uh, it was ninety seven thousand. When I had checked to to do the story for for the radio show ninety seven thousand the next highest was fifteen thousand. Now I get that Jim Harbaugh is, is a much bigger name than Steve Wilkes uh, or Mike McDonald, but um you know ninety seven thousand compared to fifteen thousand is is quite drastic so you know I, I think it it 's twofold for the chargers right you 're in a really tough market. You're in a market with the Lakers, who have LeBron James. You're in a market with the Dodgers, who just signed Shohei Otani. And we we recognize what the competition, you know, Sean McVay has won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Lincoln Riley has a Heisman Trophy winner and Caleb Williams. It is competitive here. And I can't help but think that that's a big part of the consideration. First thing you need to do is find the right coach, a coach that's going to be the best partner for Justin Herbert, right? And, and the, look, alliteration to me is king, right? Belichick and Brady, two Bs, Herbert and, and Harbaugh, two Hs. Let's just make that connection right there and, and pair them up and let's roll. But I think there is something to be said about having a coach, uh, a head coach, and we've seen it with the Rams. He's the biggest star. McVay is the biggest star on the Rams. He's bigger than Aaron Donald. He's bigger than Cooper Cup. He's bigger than Matthew Stafford and and Puka Nakua. He's the star of the show um, because he's just dynamic and he wins. So I do think there is is something that separates Jim Harbaugh from everybody else that we're talking about in this coaching cycle.
1: Yeah. And I think Sean McVay shows you money that you can get a coach – in a lot of different ways he was 30 years old offensive coordinator of washington w- when right. they hired him and really you know unproven as a head coach he proved it very very quickly harbaugh on the other hand coming off a national championship w- when you talk about the national headlines and the uh, attention that jim harbaugh is going to attract wherever he goes next you couple that with justin herbert if it is in los angeles sofi stadium a new facility uh, football is king in the United States and you you're hundred percent right. When we talk about the Lakers and the Dodgers, the Clippers announcing an all-star game right up the street from right. SoFi, uh, you know, a new era there in Clipper basketball with stars up and down their roster. Um, but if you can make inroads in this market with Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert, all you gotta do is win and Jim Harbaugh is a proven winner at every level. So that's why there's interest. And I, I think, when we see the franchise quarterback that we think Justin Herbert is pairing him with somebody who's done nothing but elevate the quarterback position wherever he's gone, seems like a no brainer. Like guys like Mike McDonald, I think Mike McDonald's gonna be a really good head coach, right? I, you know, Ben Johnson could be a really, really good head coach, but, it, but it's about fit at this moment. And I think if, if you I'm going to, I'm going to jump
0: if- in right there though, Chris, because I think you just said, I think you just said it, right? I think, I think we don't know. Yeah. And that's the difference to me in this coaching cycle, right is we know Jim Harbaugh's a great coach. We think we, Mike we can't McConnell's afford think we can't afford coach. think right that's what I mean right yeah, no doubt we, you, yeah you that's can't what, aff-
1: you can't afford think when the the last three hires have been first time head coaches. I think right so right. Th- that's that's kind of what I think everybody collectively uh is thinking right now is can we get a proven commodity? And even if you took Harbaugh out of the equation, you mentioned Mike Vrabel, you mentioned Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Uh, there's a lot of right. guys who have done it before. Even Dan Quinn to a degree, you know, who, who went to a Super Bowl, who, who have been head coaches before. I think that's what this franchise needs is somebody who has lived through it, who has had adversity, who has had success, and can, can kind of navigate this franchise into a new era with Herbert
0: under center. Well, it's cyclical. Right. And it's, it's cyclical inside of a team concept, but it's also cyclical in the league as a whole. And you often hear, well, we, we had a player's coach. Now we need a disciplinarian. We had the offensive coach. Now we need the defensive coach. And that tends to be how it works. It just, it is something you try something, it fails. You swing to the complete opposite side of the the spectrum when it comes to the higher, but I, what it, what's happened in the NFL, and I think it's a correction, it's a course correction, is because of the success that Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan experienced, and they were both hired in the same cycle, it led the NFL to chase. And if anybody is, has, has experienced chasing in Vegas, you know it doesn't end well. <laughs> you, you get down on the first day, you're there for three more days, and you're chasing it, and before you know it, you're in a heck of a hole. And the NFL started chasing. They were chasing the young, dynamic, you know, well-spoken, can present it, can talk circles around everybody else when it comes to schematics and play calling, and they all wanted it. And that's what everyone was after. And it's been the last six years or the last five years that we've seen all of these hires be – Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, Brandon Staley, Brian Dave, they're all play callers. And 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 now this particular cycle, what's and I'm not just talking about the names that are being batted around. I mean just the talking heads, the debate shows, the the hot take shows. What the, the even when you get into like the the NFL radio stuff and the people that have been around it forever, they are now. It, it is so on point. It is the number one talking point that the NFL owners and general managers became too smitten with a scheme, with a play caller, and did not recognize you need someone to build culture, to set a tone, to, to make sure the building is right. To, and that's what I think people realized that when, and this, we, I think we've discussed this here, I, I feel like we have you know, that was, that was a huge part in my opinion of Brandon Staley's downfall is his persistence at being perceived as a top play caller and not recognizing that wasn't his job. His job was not to call the defense. He wasn't the defensive coordinator. he was the head coach. And he was so focused on being a great defensive coordinator and calling a great game that he lost, you know, that, that he didn't see the forest for the trees. And, and that's what brought him down. And it happens to a ton of them. And, and I can't, you know, Brian Dayball, when, when he said, no, I'm not calling plays. I thought it was such, you know, just here's someone that was hired because of how good of a play caller he was and the development they had in Josh Allen. He's like, no, there is way too much to do as a head coach that I can't be worried. Seven, eight play when you're a play caller, you got to be thinking about, okay, this is third and six, but if we get the first down, now I'm already thinking about first and second down. And that just gets in the way of everything. And so, It feels like this cycle, everybody has got back to the most important thing is set the culture, make sure the building is right, hire great assistants, and be a leader of men. And that's, it feels like that's what all of these candidates are this time around.
1: Yeah, I think Dan Campbell is kind of the blueprint for a lot of people, right? Who, who kind of lets Ben Johnson do his thing, lets Aaron Glenn do his thing. And the only yeah. exception to that rule, money, it seems like I'm just going to call it the Mike Shanahan coaching tree because Sean McVay knows football. He knows ball and he calls the plays. Kyle Shanahan, you know, learned from his dad who went and who won two Super Bowls. He calls the plays, but he knows how to set a culture. And, and you kind of look at Matt LaFleur right now calling the plays. Sure. But for some reason, I think that that. Shanahan tree is like the one exception to the rule. Now you look at like Bobby Sloak right now, who's in that head coaching candidate right. Uh, pool right now. So, but you're right. Like th- th- there's a lot of young guys and there's a lot of play callers who seem so singularly focused on the one thing that made them successful. But guess what? There's about 10 things that a head coach is going to have to do. Setting the culture is number one. That's why I love what Jim Harbaugh has done in his career because his teams are tough, man. Like you, you don't uh, typically hear about an offensive minded coach who like leads with physicality and toughness. That's what, that's what Jim Harbaugh has done everywhere right? from Stanford to San Francisco to Michigan. Um, there's, there's a toughness among his teams. He's played the game and you know, th- there's a lot of great coaches who didn't play the game, but, but, but I think in the case of a guy like Dan Campbell, who like lived through tough, moments and and like was in the foxhole uh, as a player um I, I always give you know coach Lynn a lot of credit that that 12 and 4 and 9 and 7 uh, two-year window where he had some success man coach Lynn was a leader of men and I know it didn't work out here sure. but um, I, I think there's something to be said about a guy who has had a multitude of experiences including playing in the National Football League and, and Jim Harbaugh has been everywhere and he's as tough as it gets and I, I think, obviously, that's why we keep going back to that name and, and why fans are so attracted to it.
0: No doubt. Um, and, and I think, you know, just to go to your your Coach Lynn point, 100%. Players yeah. loved him. And he was a leader of men. He got in his own way. He started calling offensive plays. You yeah. know, when, when Shane took over, he wanted a piece of that action. And oftentimes, he wanted to be the guy that was calling the plays inside the 20 or critical plays. He was trying to find the perfect play. And we know that one of the knocks on on coach was time management and calling timeouts and when to go for it and when not. And why are we running it on third and fourth? And there was a lot of that. And it's like, I think if you just hire someone that you trust, you know, and you look at some of the names that are available on the offensive side of of the ball for for Jim Hart. Look, Greg Roman's Roman's out there. You know, he was let go by Baltimore. He was replaced by Todd Monkin. Obviously, they're experiencing great success, but it's not like – Greg, Greg coach Lamar Jackson to an MVP season. He was with Jim in, in San Francisco, all those years coordinating that offense, you know, taking a team to three championship games. Money, real quick, real quick a Super Greg Bowl. Roman was, Greg Roman was a hot head coaching candidate in San Francisco too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he had Colin Kaepernick, a second round pick, and they were taking the league by storm. They figured out, they figured out, a, like, that's the thing about, you know, you mentioned Matt LaFleur and what he was able to do to Dallas, you know, bright offensive mind. Okay. I see what Dan Quinn's doing. I know how to find the soft spots. I'm going to do it, and we're going to tear them up. Maybe they adjust, but until they do, we're going to keep doing this. And he found it, you know, and Mike McCarthy didn't. You know, he just didn't. He was calling the plays, and he couldn't figure it out. So I do think there's value in that, but that's something that – and who did Jim Harbaugh hire to coordinate his defense in San Francisco? Vic Fangio. Didn't care. This guy's larger than life, bigger than me, brought him into Stanford. You know, the guy's most respected defensive coordinator in the league and didn't care. These guys are great coordinators. I'm going to be the head coach. I'm going to run the program. I'm going to set the tone. These guys are going to call the plays. They're going to, they're going to be able to do it, you know, on each side of the ball. I'll empower them. And that's, you know, and that's kind of, I, I think, what we've now returned to as opposed to, oh, I've got to find a head coach on the offensive side of the ball that can develop a quarterback that has a scheme that wins. That's a great play caller. Yes, if you can get, if you can get Andy Reid, great, <laughs> great. The, yeah. You know, but the, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Andy Reeds are so few and far between. And I mean, even for all the celebration that we're given Matt LaFleur, hey man, guy, guy had home field advantage against the 49ers two years ago with the best record in the league and couldn't score 14 points. So like, it, it, I appreciate what he was able to do with a rookie quarterback, and there is no hotter quarterback in the league right now than Jordan Love and what he's done the last eight weeks in the playoff game, no doubt. But let's not forget, success really was not there in the postseason with Aaron Rodgers, with 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 Coach LaFleur. So, Maybe it was a quarterback. Maybe it was a quarterback. I, I would love it if it were. I, you have no idea how much I would love that if it were, Chris, 100%. Um, <laughs> So I, I think that's why we keep going back to this one name, you know, and and if they had interviewed Bill Belichick or if they had interviewed Mike Vrabel already, I'm sure we'd be talking about that as well. That hey, any of these three, this, but it does. And that's what leads me to think that this, that there's a, look, the guys get paid a ton of money to be right on information. Adam Schefter and Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport And Jordan Schultz and all these guys get paid a lot of money to be right. And every single one of them has said the same thing, that it appears as though there is intent on each side to make this happen. And I don't think they're writing that and posting that unless they're hearing it from their sources inside each, you know, inside each side of this negotiation.
1: Yeah, I think Adam Shefton made it very clear that, that that Jim Harbaugh is a big fan of Justin Herbert, right? So, you know, right when when that type of information comes out there, right, you, you just people are excited right now, and like I said, there's a lot of smoke on Twitter, a lot of a lot of unreliable sources that that are being. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you sure. don't go on X Money. I, I don't think we've we've talked about that as of late, so it's good for you.
0: No, I uh, I try to avoid it as as best as possible. I enjoy I enjoy Instagram. I enjoy my interactions there. I find it to be a much more pleasant platform and Twitter is, is nothing but a a nightmare, complete and total nightmare.
1: All right, guys, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful surface pro nine, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at surface.com. Hey, I wanted I wanted to bring up another name too. Um, kind of in that same vein as as Dan Campbell, but man, I think he's going to be an absolute superstar It's Demico Ryan's. Uh, did sure. you see the did you see the mic'd up of him talking to the linebacker, Ian Cunningham, basically telling him what to do to get a pick six off of Joe Flacco and boom. You know, and, and that's there the type of play that changes a game. And to to your point about just a coach who kind of oversees everything and, and can put you in a right position to be successful in a pivotal game. Like money, we're starting to see kind of a, a power shift in football right now with, with all these uncertain head coaches and quarterbacks, you're looking at CJ Stroud, a rookie head, a rookie quarterback and rookie head coach in their first year to, to do what they're doing. Um, there's so many young quarterbacks and, and, you know, then we look at New York and Aaron Rodgers. It just seems like, man, like you guys are way behind the eight ball right now, because there's a lot of teams in the AFC that you have to contend with. And I don't know if I'd be worried about Aaron Rodgers and the jets as much as I'd be worried about CJ Stroud and, and the Texans or what's going on in the AFC North, all four of those teams with Joe Burrow coming back. So uh, it's such an interesting time uh, to be a fan of football and, you know, the parody is real and, that's why I think Chargers fans should be excited about whoever comes in here. You know, you you can turn things around very quickly.
0: The 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 point you made about D'Amico is is very reminiscent of of what we used to hear about Bill Belichick. Yeah, you know, he he wasn't calling the, the defensive plays. He would set the defense and he would set the tone in the, you know, over the course of the week of practice. And but but during the game, you would always hear about how or in in the weeks you know in in the week leading up to the game how he would pop his head into the quarterback room and sit with Tom and say hey I noticed this is what they're doing look at this if you see this look this is going to be I know what they're doing here like that's what he's doing during the game is he's observing he's not calling the defense he's busy watching what's going on and he can figure it out and that's when he reaches you know to the offensive coordinator whoever says hey I see this defense. I know what they're in. This is a winner. This is a winning play. And you hear stories like that all the time about Belichick because he's watching the big picture. He's not focused on if this if this works. I'm going to get him in third and eight. So what's my third and eight call going to be? But if they gain three, it's going to be third and five. And this is what my third. And that's the problem with calling plays is you miss the big picture. It's it's yeah. too fine a point on it is is what you have. So it's a great point about D'Amico because that's you know that's something that. That, and look, he's a guy that came from Kyle Shanahan who wanted, who wants complete control over the offense, and that I understand. He's the best play caller in the NFL. So, you know, Andy Reid, I get. There, there is a, a body of work there that shows you're going to take a hit if they're not the ones calling the plays. They're so darn good at it. Same with Sean McVay. So that part I get. But, again, there's, there's so many different ways to to make this work. And you know, year in and year out, when you see who makes it to the Super Bowl, you know, look at Nick Sirianni last year, you know, with with the Eagles, and Shane Steichen's the one calling the plays, but Sirianni's the one that's overseeing it, you know, and and so I think there's a bunch of different ways to do it, whichever way, you know, that that Dean and, and John, the Spanoses and, and Ed and everybody decide they're gonna go. To me, I just feel like for the last three, you know, the last three coaches. It just feels like it's, it's, again, it's all lending itself to this one particular destination. And, and again, that Jim Harbaugh wants to do it. He's got to want to do it. You know, that's the one thing you can't control. You can present him with an offer that you think he can't refuse. You can present him with a roster that includes Justin Herbert, you know, and Rashawn Slater and the number five overall pick, you know, and, and however he wants to approach it with those big four, if it's a restructure, if it's a trade, if it's a cut, if it's figuring out how to bring all four of them back with, with Khalil, Joey, Keenan, and Mike, you know, there's a lot of options for, for him that I believe are attractive. And especially if you give him, you know, a big runway, you know, a five-year runway, something along those lines. And, you know, a five-year runway that can turn into a 10-year runway if you, if you win a Super Bowl and you can get settled and you can hang out here and perhaps retire at 70 if, if everything goes as great as we think it's going to go.
1: Money, last point by me. And and guys, if something happens between now and, and our next Chargers Weekly, we'll, we'll come with a little reactionary pod at some point. I don't know when it's going to be, 100%. if it's going to be at any time in the next week, but uh, we'll bring you something as, uh, as things start to develop here. But my, my last point is really when you look beyond the head coach philly is a great example they lost shane Steichen and jonathan gannon and they suffered <sighs> down the stretch right it, it's yeah it's picking the correct coordinators and having an a-plus staff behind your head coach so um whoever it's gonna be that's what that's almost like 1a to me it's like okay who are you bringing in to be the offensive coordinator who are you bringing in to be the def- defensive coordinator and you know at this time of year we see staffs get rated and you know, you have to replenish. So that's going to be a, a very interesting part of yeah. this process is whoever comes in, what is the coaching staff going to look like? And if it's a guy like Harbaugh, we, we've seen some of his assistants, both at Michigan and in San Francisco. Um, like you mentioned, you mentioned Fangio, you mentioned Roman. I think Pep Hamilton was in Michigan with him for, for a stint. Yeah. How about David um, Shaw?
0: He's out of a job right now. You know, David all. Shaw was his OC at Stanford, you know, and his assistant head coach for four years before he took over. So is
1: it mentor, Shaw, uh, mentor, the DC there
0: uh, yeah. uh, in Michigan. He had, he had a great year. Uh, McDonald
1: was there. Mike McDonald was there. So yeah, he Jim was there, there on loan for good, for a year. High quality assistance.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I was pulling up the, you know, all the different, the, the different interviews and you look through the, the general managers and, you know, Terrence Gray, Ian Cunningham, uh, and then just recently Jeff Ireland, Ed Dodds. It seems as though they've pretty much made their way through almost everyone that they've requested. So I don't think they've interviewed Jeff King or Will McClay yet. But outside of that, after yesterday – or had, I don't know if yesterday was Dodds in Ireland or if it was, I think it was Gray, Ireland and Dodds were all yesterday. So, yeah, you know, with, with those done, now the only interviews that are left in terms of requests are Raheem Morris, whose Rams were just uh, eliminated, Dan Quinn, whose Cowboys were just eliminated, and then Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, who are still alive. So it does feel like we're, we're at the end of this. Because they can, if they want to wait for for Ben and, and Aaron and those guys, you know, they can do that after this weekend in terms of in person if they want to get them out here. So I feel like it's I feel like it's kind of it's been exhaustive, that's for sure. I mean, one, two, three, four, five. I mean, we're talking about almost ten general manager candidates, yeah. uh, two, four, six, eight, nine head coaching interviews. I mean, that they said it was going to be uh, you know, that they, they were going to have an exhaustive search and they certainly have, uh, they talked to a lot of people. So where it ends up, we, you know, nobody knows it's, it's all, what do you, you know, it, it all depends on what you think your team needs at that given moment. Jerry Jones thinks his team needs another year of Mike McCarthy. A lot of people would disagree with that, but that's, you know, that's what he thinks. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe, Depending on, you know, I hope he sticks around. I, I, hope, I hope there's a way for, for Kellen Moore to, to, to be sold on, you know, sticking around and, and trying to keep this offense very similar to, you know, maybe, maybe there's a way that he and the next head coach can work together. But if not, I could totally see Jerry saying, hey, let's bring Kellen back. Let's just – let's get this off your plate. And let's, you know, we, it's, it's something you guys can get a more – you know what I'm saying? Like there's just so many different ways to, to go about it. And like that would not surprise me at all. I think Dan Quinn after that playoff game and the way Matt LaFleur just humiliated him is going to have a little bit of a struggle here in this head coaching cycle. Fair or not. It's one game. I know Guy coached multiple pro bowlers, all pros, you know, he certainly deserves better than, than what the, the incoming that he's taking, you know, considering how well his defenses have played in the playoffs in the past, you know, and it was the offense that let the, the Cowboys down, but you know, it's, it's it, the last it, thing right? that that's the case.
1: It's it's yeah. the last thing you and see, it, but, but, and and I think that that's going to be, no doubt that that's going to be a question in Dan Quinn's interview: is what happened last week? <laughs> what well, happened? The, the, week?
0: You know what? The, the the big thing, Chris, honestly, is I would assume most owners or or president of football operations would say, I can't I can't get this guy out at a press conference. I can't introduce this guy to the fans. After that, yeah. I can't, We can't sell this like we we could have. If it, if it would have been a 14-13 to 13 Cowboys lose to the Packers and Dak and, and Mike McCarthy disappoint again and no clock management and, and yeah. Dak threw a pick sick, yeah, I can sell that. Yeah. I can't sell Jordan Love throwing to guys that are wide open, you know, and, and, and absolutely demolishing, you know, the Cowboys defense that had been so good all season long and having zero answers in that game. I think that's a big part of it. It's tough. Can I sell this? Can I sell this to our fans and you know that are that are calling for, you know, for change and give us a lot of money every year and, and are heavily invested in this franchise? It's it's very hard to roll that guy out to a presser right now.
1: Buddy, let me just last thing outside of Harbaugh, which candidate are you high on? First time candidate, guy who's been there before. Like, is there another candidate that you, you, because we can think here that you think could be a a really good head coach?
0: Look, for me, I I think we've, we've talked about it. It's, it's, it's one of three. And it it would be four if he would throw his name in, but he won't because he doesn't want to coach anymore. But it'd be Chris Peterson. I just, I need a, I need a winner and I need a leader. And so that's Belichick, Vrabel, Harbaugh. Just to me, that's what this, this locker room needs that this franchise needs that someone that that walks in the door and is viewed as a winning coach as someone that wins not someone that coordinated a defense in baltimore or got the most out of lamar jackson in baltimore in his you know first season there it's it's not it's not that I just don't feel – I feel like we've had that. I mean, Brandon Staley had the number one defense in the league when he showed up, and the press conference – he was dynamic in the press conference. He said all the right things. He got off to a great start. He was this forward-thinking, aggressive, go-forward on fourth down, I believe in Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, and that's why we're going for it, you know, kind of guy. And it, it was great. Those little moments were great, but the, big, the, the, the hole was not – you know, and so that's why I think it's such a critical moment for Justin Herbert at 26, no doubt. at the start of this extension, prime of his the next figure, the net. This coach is going to be with him through his age 30 season, so to me, it is so important to get it right. And I would much rather have someone, even though Mike McCarthy, even though um, Mike Vrabels offenses at times had struggled he had those two really good seasons with Arthur Smith you know where they had a 13 and 3 record and were the number one seed and had Ryan Tannehill not thrown like 60 interceptions in the game against the Bengals they would have won and perhaps gone to the Super Bowl that year they took them to an AFC championship so I do think there's a little concern about offense with Mike Vrabel and making sure he brings in the right guy but at the same time just we know it. Heck, we've seen it up close and personal. Saw it this year. Tennessee dragged them into the deep end and and sucked them under to get the win in overtime. We saw it last year when they had no business being in that game. And it it took a miraculous effort from Justin Herbert at the end of the game to get a game-winning field goal to knock them out. They are such tough teams to deal with. So it would be – I would love it if it were one of those two. Yeah.
1: The the preparation and the in-game strategy of – Frabel and Belichick is something that I think this team would benefit from, no doubt. So,
0: yeah. Um, Steve right. Wilkes well, is interesting, you know. Turned around Carolina, you know. Got a raw deal in Arizona. He's coordinating a heck of a defense in San Francisco. So, like, that's another one that's that's interesting to me. Someone that had been a head coach before and his players. I think Raheem, to Raheem Morris really... too.
1: I think I thought Raheem, Raheem, Raheem Morris could have that game on Saturday night or Sunday night. Like, right. I think that that got him a head coaching job.
0: Hundred percent. He's going to get hired. I don't know if we want to hire the defensive coordinator from the Rams again, though. I think exactly. that's the that's the trick there, is yeah. it's just tough to to do the same. It's, it's not the same thing. Ray Morris has been a head coach. He's been in the league for a long time. He's coordinated defenses for a long time. At the same time, like I said, perception. Oh, wait. Didn't we just hire the defensive coordinator that exactly. had Aaron Donald exactly. from the Rams, that had Jalen Ramsey from the Rams? Yeah, didn't we just do that? That's the problem.
1: There's enough openings that I think Raheem deserves a shot. At, at oh, he's getting levels.
0: one. I, yeah. I have no doubt. I have yeah. no doubt in my mind that he's getting one. I, I think Ben Johnson's getting one. Raheem Morris is getting one. Mike Vrabel's getting one. Jim Harbaugh's getting one. Bill Belichick's getting one. That's five. The, the, those, to me, those five guys, I, the two coordinators to me that are definitely getting hired are Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald. And I think, and, and Raheem Morris. And then, so that's six. Rabel Belichick, Harbaugh, those, right. those, those six guys, I believe will be hired.
1: And it's trending Pierce. It seems like in Vegas.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Mark Davis didn't listen to his players when they said they wanted rich Basaca, and he went out on his own and got Josh McDaniels and it ended horribly. So, and if you're Mark Davis, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, all right, we tried it my way. It failed. Let's try it your way. I'm giving McDaniels 10 million bucks and John Gruden 10 million, 20 million bucks in coaching salaries. I'm paying out anyway, you know, might as well see if this works, save a little bit of money without trying to bring in another $15 million a year head coach in, in Harbaugh or Vrabel or Belichick or something like that. So, and it worked, you know, their defense went from what, 26th to fifth and they, they went five and four and they beat the chiefs and they beat the snot out of the chargers and they beat the Broncos in the final game of the year. So he clearly showed he can coach against Sean Payton and Andy Reid, and and showed he, he did a number on the Chargers. So I think that's probably enough. If I were Mark Davis, I'd say, all right. If Devontae wants him, if if Max Crosby is that adamant that he really wants to play for this guy, I'm okay with that. Let's give it a go and see if we can make it work.
1: Yeah, they'll have to bring in a uh, a new quarterback and a and a offensive coordinator that can put some points on the board. Because save for the Thursday night no game against the Chargers, you know they did they did everything with kind of smoke, not, not smoke and mirrors, but just defense. Like the offense defense was it? The, the arrowhead that Aiden O'Connell didn't attempt to pass after the first quarter. Yeah. 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 So like if, if they get their offense, right. You know, who's to say that's not a, not a good yeah. hire. And, and you, you I mean, they happens, lost three to nothing obviously. to the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Vikings, they put up a goose egg. Yeah. Pierce Pierce two money is like, you know, he, he's not a, proven head coach but it, you give him a runway for a year or two to kind yeah, of show that worked. he can do it then you know there's really no there's no downside to it because your your locker room wants him
0: yeah I mean, look I get it if you're Mark Davis and you're like wow I got an opportunity to hire Jim Harbaugh Mike Vrabel, and and I'm going to take a pass because this guy had you know an okay nine game stretch that's I get why that's scary but I think because to me, it's all the, the Besacha thing is what is what leads you to that point. Like, man, I really stepped in it. I should have kept this guy. The Players loved him. They played hard for him. We made the playoffs. You know, we were right there at the end, you know, it, at the very end of that game against the Bengals. And that's a team that ended up going to the AFC championship. I should have just listened to him, kept my coordinators, hired Besacha and see if we can have some continuity. Instead, brought a new guy in. He wrecked Derek Carr wrecked the franchise everybody hated him cost me 50 million bucks you know it's like <laughs> yeah and it's what the people want it's what the Raiders fans want they love them you know so give them to them that's t- give t- it t- to them. T- I think there's something to that
1: yep we, we could be in a, a division with you know we'll see what the Chargers do but you, you got Peyton you got Reed uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting, you know, especially with yeah. all these, all the head coach movement I mentioned and, and, and the quarterback movement and what's going to happen at the top of the draft, which is another episode, another time for, for, for talking yeah. about the draft. Cause we don't know what's oh, yeah. going to even happen here, but like the Caleb Williams thing, Caleb Williams entering the NFL draft on the very final hour that you can do it. Like that's, that's intriguing. Like, well, remember though, CJ
0: Stroud did that last year. So I know everybody's making a big deal about it, but yeah, Stroud did that too. I mean, why? I don't know. Maybe he just liked the attention or something. He's the, the idea that somehow he holds any cards is ridiculous. He doesn't. He holds yeah. zero cards, you know, that he, everyone thought he was going to go back to USC for a $20 million NIL payment. No, it was never going to happen. Oh, he's going to get a percentage of the team. Never going to happen. No, no chance in, in the world. You are not and, – and I think the only thing that could happen is people could just decide that they don't like his attitude, that they don't like his makeup, that they don't think he's a leader of men, and that's, that concerns them, and he, he drops down behind Drake May and Jaden Daniels. You know, that could happen yeah. if his interviews are that bad and if he has a really bad attitude, you know, potentially that could be a situation. I don't feel like he's that kind of guy. I think he's just gotten some poor advice – from, from the people that he's working with. By all accounts, he seems like a, a really good teammate, someone who's great in the locker room. It got sideways on him th- this year. He had nothing left to prove. He had already won the Heisman. He wanted to win a national championship. It went sideways, and there was nothing left for him to do but get hurt. Yeah. You know, he's already, He knew he was going to be the number one pick, so I get it. That, that part of it I get. So I think for him, he's going to the Bears. They're not trading out of that pick and keeping Justin Fields. They're not taking Drake May or Jaden Daniels over him unless there is just a huge red flag on character. And I don't, I don't foresee that to be the problem. I, I don't foresee that happening.
1: They blew out their offensive staff for a reason, right? Like, it, it, I, I think it was Rich Eisen who said, like, do you hire Cliff Kingsbury? Probably. He probably do, <laughs> right? Like, or, or somebody yeah. that's associated with Caleb that, that yeah. knows him. I don't know. Could be a, it could be a possibility. Would make
0: sense. Yeah, yeah, make it as comfortable as possible. You know, think about what the think about what the Ravens did for Lamar Jackson. How they completely built the team around him and 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 played to his strengths. You know, even though there wasn't incredible success, you can't argue with how great Kyler Murray looked his first couple seasons with Cliff Kingsbury. It was comfortable. It was what he was doing. He thrived. Yeah. So no doubt that yeah, there's something to that. You know, look when Joe Burrow took off when they were like, you know what, let's just do what he did at LSU. Let's go empty, five out in the pattern, and, and Joe's fine. He's such a quick decision maker. He's going to find the open guy, and, and that's what we're going to do. Let's just, let's just do it. Let's do, what did, the, the, do what worked for them, you know, at their previous stop. And that's, you know, look at, look at C.J. Stroud. You know, the, the guy's incredible on those intermediate throws. All right, well, let's go sign Dalton Schultz. And, and let's let's get a ton of these intermediate throws set up for him and just play to his strengths. And yeah. and that's no doubt. I think you hit it right on the head, Chris. That's probably what they'll do. Hire one of those guys that worked with Caleb that did great things and helped him win a Heisman and, and ease that transition to the pros, especially when you're playing on the freaking shores of Lake Michigan and the wind is howling at negative 20 and, and 50 miles an hour.
1: We got an education on Bears quarterbacks last week uh, from, from yeah. Money, right? So, yeah. Caleb Williams comes in, best quarterback in Bears history
0: immediately, right? I mean, it's <laughs> he's got a chance to replace old Sid Luckman, you know? <laughs> or how about this? You know what? No, I got to pause there. The 73 nothing Sid Luckman. He's got a chance to come in and be the best quarterback since old number four, Jim Harbaugh. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Let's in there,
1: there. You know what? I, I think I said my last point was 20 minutes ago. We just love ball. We can't stop yeah. talking about ball,
0: right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> love it. And you know what? I can only hope that the second this thing posts, we got to scrap it and come back and talk about a head coach and general manager that have just been hired. It'd be wonderful to go into the weekend knowing that that's been settled.
1: It'd be great. It'd be great. And we'll be on standby again. Uh, we will. If anything happens between now and our next Chargers Weekly, We'll come at you early with our, our immediate reaction to head coach, GM, whatever could possibly yep. happen. So, Muddy, looking forward to that. Love this episode with you. And uh, for money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly.